This is my song, if you don't know. And Ginny sings it every New Year's first Sunday of the year. Brings tears to my eyes. And I say this before you, should I go before her? Please, Mike, you'll be around. And uh, whoever is around, insist on her singing this song every first Sunday of the year. 
May. I've been receiving attacks all day long. <laughs> What's going on here? Oh, I came in this morning and uh, he, uh, Bill, uh, addressed me <laughs> with the Archbishop or some. My eminence. Can you believe that? Your eminence. This, this is abuse. <laughs> Let me call my lawyer. Hello, you're here? <laughs> hey, Happy New Year. This is not my message, but yesterday I always check the news in the morning. And yesterday, what attracted my eye, uh, this is in the, in the, on the internet, resolved. Read the Bible in 2015. Did anyone go to the news and saw it? Well, I'll, I'll share a few things here. Most Americans make a New Year resolution. Did you make a resolution? I have learned not to make a resolution. <laughs> Oh, let me tell you why, because this guy says it. Uh, the number one, number one resolution is to lose weight. Hey, amen. Are you with me? All right. Number two is to exercise more. But within three days, most, most, Ameri most Americans quit their resolution because they have no one to hold them accountable. Why not make more lasting resolution this year that will spiritually enhance you from within? Make a new resolution to read the Bible. And he goes on, but I, I wanted to share with you because after that, it'll, it'll be old news. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Anybody knows about him? Yeah, I read him too. What lies behind you and what lies before you pales in comparison to what lies inside you. If you read the Bible, it will change your life and you will never regret it. John Adams, the second president of the United States, read the entire Bible every year. He studied the scriptures every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday mornings. Regularly reading the Bible shaped his character, and his character shaped our country. Andrew Jackson, our seventh president, referred to the Bible as the rock on which our republic rests. May it always be. He read three to five chapters each day. Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president, called the Bible the best gift God has ever given to man. But, but for it, we could not know right from wrong. Woodrow Wilson, the 28th president, said the Bible is the word of life. I beg that you will read it and find this out for yourself. When you have read the Bible, you will know it is the word of God because you will have found in, the, you'll found in it the key to your own heart, your own happiness, and your own duty. Dwight Eisenhower said, our 34th president, 
He said, the president and his family used to use the Bible each day during family devotions, with each family member taking his or her turn in reading a passage. Jimmy Carter, our 39th president, reads the Bible daily, and he taught Sunday school class for over 40 years. Ronald Reagan, the 40th president, wrote, Inside the Bible's pages lie all the answers to all the problems man has ever known. I hope Americans will read and study the Bible. It is my firm belief that the enduring values presented in the pages of this great book will be meaningful for each one of us and for our nation. The Bible can touch our hearts, our minds, and refresh our souls. So if you want to make a resolution, and it goes on to say uh, many things, but this is not my subject, but I thought sharing it with you will uh, prompt us to read the Bible and study the Word of God. Let us not leave home without it. It's not the American Express card. It's the Bible, the Word of God, the Word of God. And may the Lord raise more presidents and more people in government and more of those people in authority to set an example for us by reading the Bible and lifting up the Word of God above anything else. Amen. Now for the message. I think I will owe you some time today, uh, the message. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Joshua, chapter 3. Verse 1, Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and he and all the sons of Israel set out from Shittim and came to the Jordan, and they lodged there before they crossed. And it came about at the end of three days that the officers went through the midst of the camp. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, with the Levitical priests carrying it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. However, there shall be between you and the Ark a distance of about 2,000 cubits by measure, do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you shall go. For you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourself. Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. May the Lord bless his word. Amen. From verse 1 to 5. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. A new year, first Sunday, today is the fourth. And I say the people of Christ, the believers in Jesus Christ, 
were never meant to live a life of mediocrity. Do you agree with that? We are meant to have a life of winners who have overcome this world and its lusters. We are meant to see the happenings of our time in the light of the inspired word of God. This is why we should read the word of God. And the more we read the word of God, we can see the world as is. And we will know that everything that you are watching, the spectacles amongst us today, has been mentioned in the book, in the holy book, the word of God. There are many influences in the world, and the word of God keeps us from these influences that the average Christian lives. We have the greatest power that was ever given to man to live by, and we need to use it if we are to be overcomers and see God's wonders amongst us. Before us this morning, a challenging episode for the children of Israel. They have come to the point where they need to see the land of milk and honey. They have reached the eastern shore of the Jordan, coming from the east side. And they needed the Jordan. Would you say the Jordan was some kind of a difficulty? Yes, it was. And, they, and Joshua told them, Keep the camp there and until we get ready to cross. Don't you think with me this morning that many of them questioned the fact, how are we going to cross? There were no boats, right? There were nothing they can cross with. How are we? And they were not swimmers. According to the historians, there were about... 602,000 men and the rest women and children. So we're talking about 2 million plus there. How are they going to cross the Jordan? And Joshua told them, we're going to cross. Praise God for Joshua. He was one of the few who lived through the 40 years in the wilderness. Many died going there. Why? Because of their unbelief, the Bible says. If you want, you can read it, and you can read it in Exodus, and you will see many, many died. In Deuteronomy also, is, it's mentioned. So, they were to cross that river, and following the statement of Joshua, he said, you have not passed this way before. De definitely. Forget about the Red Sea. That was a totally different story for a totally different uh, generation. But now they have a river to cross. And what, what are they going to do? They have never been exposed to such a difficulty before. As his people, the people of Joshua, faced this challenge, he told them one thing. He said one thing, and this is, what I want to say to the church and to myself today. And this is what he said. Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders amongst you. Amen. 
consecrate yourselves. Joshua believed that God wanted to accomplish wonderful things in their lives. And you know what, church, we should expect the same today. Did God change? He is the same, yes? The Bible says, if you read the Bible, we should study it more this coming year. If the Bible says he's the same yesterday, he is the same today, he'll be the same tomorrow and forever. Then what he did with these people there, he can do with us. Can he do wonders? And he did wonder. He did. And you know what happened? They were not given a sign that God is going to open the river and split it in half. And they should pass on dry land. They didn't know about the future. When is it going to happen? Show us. He said, no. And then later on, if you study your word, it says, when the, when the first peop the people, Levites, were carrying the ark, when they set the first foot in the water, the water is going to be split into halves, and you shall cross. It happened. Because they consecrated themselves. And the word consecrating, consecrate is, is dedicate uh, yourself, which is a, a clean yourself, uh, shed yourself of any sin, anything that stands between you and God. That is consecration. And he said, tomorrow you shall see. I want to talk about tomorrow today. And I want to talk about today and see what God can do in our tomorrows and what we should do about today. So, my subject is today and tomorrow, or tomorrow and today. Let's tackle tomorrow a little bit. Tomorrow can be exciting, can it be? It can be challenging also. It can be sad or joyful. Joshua is tomorrow, okay. It can be filled with achievements and honors. It can bring frustrations and failures or successes. We do not know, or no one knows, what tomorrow holds, do we? Someone has calculated that if you could correctly predict the future for five minutes, you could soon make a fortune by investing in the stock market. And after the five minutes, you become a millionaire in no time. But the fact of it is, no one can predict accurately in the, the future or even five minutes from now. Many people go to fortune tellers and they want to know what the future is, is holding for them. And they sit before the fortune teller with their crystal ball there in front of them. And they try to find out something. And the fortune teller uh, insists that she knows the immediate future for them. 
and tell you what, it depends on how much money she's collecting, and she will give them the future. You know, you are going to get married, you're going to have a beautiful girl, you have to have, and if he loves a brunette, okay, you're going to have a brunette or a blonde, whatever it is. You've heard. And some people read your palm readers and so on. And you know what? Since my childhood, I never believed in those. And it never works. Never works. No one knows the future except the Lord Jesus Christ. When he was here on earth, he knew his future. He predicted his death. He predicted his resurrection because he is God who created the universe and created you and me and he knows every minute and every second of our lives. And you know one thing? I want to make a statement. I don't want to know about my immediate future. I don't want to know. But I know one thing about my ultimate future. This is tomorrow. Do you know something about your ultimate future? When you meet a believer, he says, well, I know where I'm going. How did you know that? Well, the word of God. Jesus Christ, when he was on earth, he told us. And we read the word. This is why we should read the Bible. I know where I'm going. So who believes in him, easy, shall never perish, but has. That's the ultimate future you're going to live. We know the, the future. But thankly, thank God, he kindly veils our eyes from uh, immediate future. And you know, I believe it's one of God's greatest gifts and greatest mercies that we do not know the things that await us, whatever they are, not even tomorrow. Well, then what should we do about tomorrow? Let us surrender our lives to him. What did we sing today? I surrender all. Let us surrender our lives to him and repeat with David, my days or my times are in your hands. You want to find it? Psalm 3115. Psalm 3115. My times are in your hands. The Lord said, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Didn't he say that? This is why we're talking tomorrow now. Do not be anxious about tomorrow. What's going to happen? This is why resolutions do not work. Do not work. For tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough its trouble of its own. In other words, here's what the Lord is saying. Let me translate it. Leave tomorrow with me. Is that clear? Clear English? Okay. Am I speaking English? Okay. Leave tomorrow with me. Christians, church, leave tomorrow with the Lord. Today is, your, is yours to glorify God. So many times we worry about tomorrow. So many times we worry about the problems we have to, to resolve tomorrow and next week and the week after, especially if we have something to do and it's big to do it. And we lose, we lose sleep over it. And we're so nervous about tomorrow. But you know, 
somehow, somewhere, the Lord takes care of our business and when tomorrow comes, everything is resolved or he makes it easy for us to, uh, to go through it, right? Leave the phone alone. Leave the friends you want to call alone. Leave the help alone and seek God because tomorrow is in his hand. When Moses was communicating his fears, I mean, I have two million people. Uh, I, I, this is a big task. He was communicating his fears, and how am I going to lead them? In brief, he was hesitant and cried to the Lord and addressed the Lord this way. Let me know thy ways, Lord. Let me know thy ways. You know what was the answer? And the answer is for each and every one of us. The answer was, my presence, Moses, shall go with you, and I will give you rest. He didn't give him another solution. He didn't tell him what's going to happen tomorrow or the next 30 years or 40 years. He says, are you satisfied with my presence? Ladies and gentlemen, are you satisfied if the presence of the Lord is with you? This is what, this is what we're talking about. He's better, a better friend than any other friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. He knows. He says, you don't have to worry. I, my presence will be with you and I will give you rest. In other words, you do not have to worry about the future, Moses. It's in my hands. And the songwriter did it well. I, we don't have it in our hymn book. It's a song I learned long time ago. And this is what the song says. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. Right? But I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand. This is our God. Just leave it to him. Then, then, are you still worried? Do not look forward to what may happen tomorrow. The same everlasting Father who cares for you today will take care of you tomorrow and every day. Either he will shield you from suffering or he will give you unfailing strength to bear it. Be at peace then. Church, let's be at peace. Put aside all anxious thoughts and imaginations because our God is a God of wonders. Children, two million people, Put aside any imagination, how you're going to cross, how you're going to overcome this hurdle, how you're going to go through water you've never learned how to swim in life. Put it aside. My presence will be with you. And let me ask you this question. Did he ever intend in his own imagination to let anything befall us? Any danger? He is there to shield us from danger. He's, he's there to resolve our problems. He's not there to give us problems. He's to resolve our problems. We bring the problems on ourselves. And we say, God, where are you? Don't you see what I'm going through? And then, because he's so merciful and so gracious, he said, okay, once more, I will save you from this. Tomorrow. Are you resting? What's going to happen this year? 
in his hands. What's going to happen around us? In his hands. Let's put it in his hands. And you know, we have him going with us. Briefly, well, how about today? What are we supposed to do today? He takes care of tomorrow. Okay, and let's do, see what we are going to do today. The answer comes from the Bible. I mean, I tell you a long time ago, I told you a long time ago, I will tell you now. If I preach here my philosophy, throw me out. But this is the word of God. What did he tell them? What do you have to do when they were crying? What are we going to do? How are we cross? Consecrate yourself today. Consecrate yourselves. He challenged the people that tomorrow was wrapped in the decision of today. This is why I'm there. Whatever you decide today, tomorrow will prove it. It's all wrapped up in today. The word consecrate, as we said, is, is sanctify yourself. Clean yourself. And if you have a purpose, the Lord will give you strength. If you are consecrated, separated from sin, the Lord will give you victory. And you will cross it. You will cross that river. And Joshua did encourage them until they, the Israelite, what did they did? They followed. That was one of their few obedience. They followed Joshua's word, consecrated themselves, and crossed the river because it opened by faith and conquered their enemies. The working, the wonder-working God destroyed later on the walls of Jericho, right? Did they have to fight? That was in their tomorrows. Did they have to fight? Because they today were obedient and did God's will. And then they went to occupy the, word, the, the land which God promised to their forefathers forever. And you know what? God fulfills his promises. Consecrate yourself today for tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to do wonders. I'm going to do wonders. And now the question comes. This is the test for us here. Have you dedicated yourself to Jesus Christ and his will for your life? You have to answer this question. I will ask this question for myself first. Have you dedicated yourself to Jesus Christ and his will for your life? The second question. Have you dedicated yourself to a life of purity, honesty, truthfulness in all relationships? I can be true with all my friends, with all my brothers and sisters, with all my church, church members. But how about business? How about conducting business? How about doing taxes? How about giving appointments with people? How about telling stories? How about living a life 
consecrated so God can bless your tomorrows. You know, there is not one tomorrow. There's, th there's left 361 tomorrows. Today is the fourth, according to our calendar. There are 361 tomorrows. And how are we going to live? This is my question. And this is the challenge that we have. And if we heed to that challenge, if we consecrate ourselves, he said, just watch. God is going to do wonders in, our, in your lives. Do you believe that? Say, Lord, I believe it. Amen. I believe it in your heart. Believe the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't be an unbeliever. They died in the wilderness. He promised, Lord, I want to be at church. Every meeting. I want to make it. I want to be there to encourage. If you say that, the Lord is going to give you good health to make it. Regardless whether it's rain or sunshine. You know what I pray? I said, Lord, Lord, as long as I can enter the gates of this church, you give me help to enter the gates of this church, I want to be there in every meeting. And guess what? Because I mean it, God has blessed me to be here in every meeting. We go through a little bit of flus and sickness that is not intended and that's not in the, we don't plan it. But one thing, plan for your life to be sincere, pure, faithful, honest in all your transactions. First, the first transaction you want to do, you have to do it with the Lord. Amen. The first transaction, you have to be there. Keep your word with him. And I'm not saying a resolution. No, but Keep your word. So, Lord, help me. That's what I say. Lord, help me to do this. Now I resolve. Oh, yeah, we have all resolved. I told you the story of the guy who used to work with me. He came next month. His name Art. If you don't, you know, you, I'm, I'm glad you don't remember. That's good. I said, Art, I said, Adol, he knew I was, uh, he said, I made a resolution last night. I said, really? He said, I I'm going to stop smoking. I said, great, what's going to happen? And after five minutes, he took the package of cigarettes. It was golden package. You know, they put them in a golden package, opened it. He said, look, each cigarette I cut into half. So I will smoke half a cigarette instead of one. What kind of a resolution is this? <laughs> he smoked all the, all the package uh, in one day, and then the next day, they were not cut into half. Back to the same old thing. I'm not asking you to make a resolution. Ask God to help you. Today is the day to see God's help and presence, protection and provision. We alone cannot make it. You eliminate all kinds of things that you can eliminate in your life, and God will give you strength to overcome the rest. Today is the time to forget the past and its more uh, missed opportunities. Now, if you look, many people look at the, oh, yeah, 24, I missed this, I missed that, I failed in this. Forget it. Forget it right now. You know what Paul said, that's the word of God. Forgetting things that are behind. 
whatever. Their missed opportunities are gone. Trust him for your future. Let us rest our minds, learn from our mistakes, and move on in life. Don't live the past. Today is the time to concentrate, to consecrate our Christian privileges in our Lord. Prepare our, ourselves to a Lord's service. Do you want to serve God? Do you want to serve God? Today starts today. Lord, I want to serve you. Whatever you give me, whatever you give me. A solo, solo. Thank God for your solo today. Every year, every year, every year. I made a vow that you will do it every year. Mike, you're responsible. Amen. What a beautiful song. That's serving God. When they stand here behind you, all the squire that will fill the seats very soon, that's serving God. When you open the gates outside, that's serving God. There's one who is going around the church now uh, for security. He is serving God. Whether one or two or three, I don't know how many. They're serving God. We're sitting in the PA room, PA system. You're serving God. I cannot count them all. There will be time we can count them. But whatever you're, may say, Lord, I want to serve you. To the cleaner especially. You know, I love the cleaners of the church most. I'm biased. The moment the, moment the church is over, I hear them. I hear those, what do you call them? The vacuum cleaners going. And what? Young men growing up to serve in the church of God. Some, you serve God, you are so, so loyal in giving. That's between you and God. Do it, and the Lord will pay you ten times more. If you don't believe me, try it. I tried it, I'm living with it, and I'm happy. I serve him, and I'm happy in his service. And I hope he takes us while we're serving God here in the church. Amen? Someone said, the preparation, the only preparation for tomorrow is the right use of today. Today is the time to renew our faith in our Savior. Knowing that he has the blueprint for our future. And his plans for us are always for our growth, for our prosperity, and eternal happiness. These are his plans. If you don't believe me, open your book when you go home and open to Jeremiah 29, verse 11, and you will know. He knows what he's doing. He has it all planned to take care of us and not to abandon us. You will read a different version than mine in the Jeremiah 29, 11. That's his plans. He never plans to strike you down. And if we deviate from the way he wants us to go, he has a plan to bring us back. He has few two-by-fours. <laughs> really, I mean it. First, he talks to us mercifully, 
lovingly. And if we don't listen, he uses them. And thank God for his rod, right? Thank God for his rod. Friends, history is filled with men and women who gave it all to God, surrendered everything to God, their lives, their destinies, and their future. He blessed them. He multiplied them and accomplished great wonders through them. Why? Because our God is a wonder-working God. He does. He will do wonders in your life. Just give him your life if you let him take over. Amen? Amen. Have a blessed new year. It's over. Let's bow our heads for prayers. It's time to consecrate ourselves. And in your heart. I'm not going to ask you to lift up your hand and say, I consecrate myself and so on. No. Lord, help me to be the man after your own heart. Take me. Change me. Make me a servant. Father, we are thankful to have a new year that you have. Let us see the beginning of it. And we are grateful for your word that tell us tomorrow is not ours, it's yours, and we surrender ourselves to him, to you. And we will continue as it is day to serve you and enjoy your presence with us. Work in our lives, Lord, in our families. Help us to obey you and consecrate our lives on a daily basis to you. Not, never to forget the word of God, the Bible. Those who couldn't make it today, we pray with wholeheartedly to keep them, to heal them and bring them back to us. And those who are healthy, keep them healthy, Lord, and bless your church. And hopefully by next week, we can see the church full with our guests and with our, especially our members. Dismiss us, we pray. And we depend on you for this coming year to lead us through. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. The meeting is over. May God bless you. Give you a wonderful and blessed new year. And I'll see you tomorrow. Hopefully you take charge of this. Come tomorrow. Pray with us. The first, let me say this. The first Monday of the year is good for the whole church to come and dedicate ourselves and consecrate ourselves and come and pray and seek God's will and he will help us through this coming year. Amen? Amen. Until then.